0: This is your Frederick Real Estate Update, a conversation about the regional real estate market with tips for buyers and sellers. Your hosts, REMAX Results Darren Ahern and Presidential Bank Mortgages Terry Kernan.
1: Hey folks, welcome back to your Frederick Real Estate Update. I am Darren Ahern with REMAX Results coming to you with 20 years plus experience in the Maryland and PA region, southern PA. I had people, I just had somebody ask me, how far up in PA do you go? I was in an event last night, and I told him uh, Harrisburg's out of my league, Carlisle, all that, but Southern Maryland, all the way wrapping around to Waynesboro, and um, Breezewood's kind of on the edge, but I can do it because I do go to Western Maryland. I just had a house out there we're going to talk about. So, and I have also with me the man who I didn't forget about, sitting right here, <laughs> the wingman from Presidential Bank Morris with all the money, Mister. Terry Kernan. There it is. All right. Good to see you guys. Thanks for tuning in each and every week if you're brand new. Um, I'm on the Facebook part. We do all the hashtagging and everything. You can go on WFMD.com. Go in the drop down uh, on there on your Frederick Real Estate update, and you can listen to 307 past programs because today is 308. so we got 307 past programs with all kinds of great information. We keep you up to date and relevant. Everything we talk about predominantly is become because it's coming from you guys. And so all of you listen to me, Facebook and all that good stuff, make sure you subscribe, the YouTube link that we put out as well. You can definitely do the thumbs up and subscribe and share it with everybody that you know and all that good stuff. Terry, one of the things we haven't done is a summer giveaway. Next time we go live, we're going to do that. We're going to do a summertime giveaway. I feel good about giving away like a $100 gift card to like Home Depot or Lowe's or something where people can work on their house and fix it up or do whatever they'd like to do for that. How's that sound?
0: That sounds great. Yeah, we
1: haven't done that in a good while. So let's get, we'll get our heads together. We'll get some ideas about what will be the trivia, what kind of questions, something out there. That uh, will give everybody a fair chance to uh, pick up a good gift card from us. So, all right, inventory. Let's go right on into it, Terry. In the wild, wild world of real estate and mortgages, active homes on the market two hundred and fifty. Okay. All right. Last week was two hundred and fifty-five. <laughs> so say it's going down. Going down again. Here we go. It's going on down. Buyer demand is way up. That's why resales one hundred and thirty-six. Um, 36 days is the average on the market. So we went up a little bit in that regard. So um, this is this is just black and white, Terry. I tell sellers I'm getting ready to go on the appointment this week. I think I got one, and I already told the guy, I said, look um, – you either sell in five or 10 days or you're on the market for a long time and you're going to take a lot less later and you're going to be really mad at everybody, including your dog and cat, which has nothing to do with selling your house, but you're going to think so. So 104 single family homes, the average price of these is 632 new construction, 114 brand new builds out there. And so that's lagging quite a bit. Um, it'll be interesting to see coming into 2024 if we see that kind of go up or not. Coming soon sixty
0: so so that 's a good number
1: yeah it 's better than forty, but sixty coming soon, pending on a contract five hundred and forty six hundred and seventy three brand new builds on the contract three hundred and sixty eight resales with an average time of those of nineteen days in the market, five hundred and seven is the average sale price of those, so we still see a little over a hundred thousand dollar difference between a resale single family home versus a brand new build sold the last 30 days 328 um 279 of those were resales with an average days of 16 on the market um, and then we're seeing a new uh new home price sales the new ones um we have were 279 um and then uh, 16 days uh was that uh, new sales new sales that's way out there hundreds of days people ask me all the time they're like Darren, how long does it take to build a brand-new house, and why is that to sell it and all that? And I said, no, they're spec homes. They don't put time on the market. That That's a fictitious number. The bottom line is it's still taking about seven months. The last one I just did took about six. So we look at about seven months for a brand-new build just to be on the safe side. And if it's custom, if it's completely custom, it's, it's definitely a year. Yeah, yeah, it's one year because of the permitting takes longer than the spec homes and— there's more changes usually in, involved, and there's just a lot more involved, and it can take definitely longer, especially when somebody's literally saying, "Hey, I want to have this kind of floor I found online. I want my builder to put that in." You can't do that with spec homes, but you can do it with um, you know a custom home. But you are going to pay a lot more money. You're gonna you're gonna pay at least twenty, thirty dollars or more a square foot out of the gate, if not forty uh, in general. So list of sold price ratios one hundred point seven. So Values are completely hanging on tight. And that's the data I was going to get into, Terry, real fast. I want to give some data things that are just fantastic because we're number geeks over here, right? U.S. home sales in April 65% of all homes across the United States was on the market less than one month. Frederick County, we're actually a little higher. We were at 71%. So, average time on the market for us, about 29. We're up to about 34, 35 um and the average time in the United States was about 40 days so we are in a better than average across the United States area to live in and sell and that's simply because we're close to DC and we are extremely isolated with um job growth job loss you name it we're in a great area beautiful area and um so we always we always Frederick County and Montgomery County and our surrounding areas always seem to come in a little bit better with every number than the national across the entire board average would you agree yeah you see that oh yes yeah so that's something that that's really neat to see that difference of that so from one year ago we were at 17 days maryland home sales now this is the state of maryland we were down 27.4 percent from a year ago that's volume that's quite is that a
0: month over month is that taking a look yeah April sales compared to April sales last year, we're down 27%.
1: Yep, that's how many homes, 27.4%. But the average price, this is the big thing, is, Terry, we were seeing 10 to 15% price appreciation for the last two, three years, all during COVID and everything like that. And this year, right now, we are at 1.2% for the state of Maryland.
0: I believe that that number's got to go up. From what I'm seeing out there, with all the uh, escalation clauses back, waving yep. appraisals back, um, it it is back to where we were, you know, a year ago at this time.
1: Yeah, they're predicting we'll be up about five or six percent, in our area here, that's kind of what I thought. If we if if we're up five to six percent with growth, prices of homes for 2023 in our area. Lights out. That's all I can say. With everything going on in the world, the economy, and this and that and everything else, I will take it because that's basically the average right now. Um, so seeing those 10 and 15%, 20% appreciations per year, man, oh, man. But I'm surprised, to be honest with you, I'm surprised we're, there's a good chance we will not see negative numbers. Now, somebody may say, well, if I have a million-dollar home in Frederick County, why does it feel like I'm having to sell it? Price, Yeah, a million dollars and above you're probably going to see flat or a loss of value over if you sold a year or two ago or whatever. That's probably true, you know, depending on what updates you've done in the home, and there's a lot to it, and I'll be glad to help you with that. But in general, I just tell sellers, just be glad you're not losing your shirt. This is not 2008, 9, and 10. That's what you need to be really excited about right now.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Frederick um, County sales in April seventy seven percent homes on market less than thirty days ahead and days on market twenty nine down slightly from a year ago fifty two was the highest days on market average median we had gotten to and so buyer demand is still winning the game of supply and demand right now so rent versus buy oh we had a, I had I put a post out on my thing yesterday about renting versus buying. Terry, it stirred the pot up. We got some serious amount of inquiries and activity. Um, I was starting to get nervous. I thought I was gonna have a, I thought I was gonna have a Facebook brawl, man, on my site with everybody interjecting, cause there are those that are, you know, uh hardcore. It's not always you know, it's not always buying, buying, buying. Sometimes renting is a good thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's cases of it. I would say probably, I don't know, 10, 20 percent of the time. Yeah, you have no business buying a house or something. You should probably rent. But I look at the pros and cons with everybody. But all in all, this is what, this is what is, this is numbers that you can't make up. Median asking rent in Frederick County was $1,732 a month or $354 a month, which is 25.7% higher than at the same time in 2019 pre-pandemic stuff. The average rent is going up. To com- what percentage of rent do you think is going up? How much do you think rent's going up?
0: Um, well, I know there are rent controls and so forth that you have to abide by. You can't go in and double somebody's rent. But I'd say that they're being pushed to the maximum, which I think is probably around 8%. That's it.
1: 7 to 8%. So How, here's how was thing. that? I, that, You're right I, I didn't money.
0: even know that that question was coming.
1: Yep, yep. It was higher for pre-pandemic till now it's averaging about 12 13 but about eight but here's the thing though eight to 13 12 percent rent every year going up and if you're paying seventeen hundred and thirty two dollars a month average you're going to be paying two thousand a month for rent in no time which a lot of four bedroom places in our area are getting to be above two thousand dollars a month rent um, if you're in downtown Frederick, lights out, $2,000 a month rent. It's so like a one bedroom, 600 square feet, if you will. And so the whole thing is this. 90% of the time, it's better for the average person to buy than to rent. That's just something that I've read and learned. Either way, here's the thing someone said. This is what somebody pushed back on me with. Ready? I asked a person. I said, well, If you're paying rent, you're paying a mortgage. And I said, what? They were all upset about the fact that we have 7% interest rates or 65 or whatever. And I said, well, what do you think your rent? What do you think percent that rent is? Oh, they looked at me weird. And I said, it's 100%. And they were like, what? And so, yeah, on my Facebook thing, you can see it. People are flipping out. No, it's 100%. Like the landlord is getting 100% of your money. And then you don't have a tax deduction, a write off, and those things. You lose control. This is the thing we're running. You lose control of how much how you want to live in the home. You can't even paint the place the way you want, for God's sakes, in most cases. You never get anything back. 100% of it goes up the chimney every month, burning up. Your net worth is much less than owning by about 10 times. Those are Google statistics or Ask Siri. And if you purchase very little down, you only need zero to 3%, plus there's grant money we've talked about. And it's usually less than you think to get into a home. You have control over how you want to live. You got tax deductions. Changes of values are going up. Terry, we've shown it. When was the lat? We did the numbers on our program probably two months ago. When was the last time we saw values go down in real estate? When was that? Two
0: thousand and nine and ten.
1: That's it. So for third, if you bought in two thousand and eleven. You've had 13 years of positive appreciation, tax deductions, do what you want with the house for 13 years. Tell me how that's a bad thing. Just anybody, seriously, tell me how that's bad. It's not bad. So that's the big thing. Um, and I think the thing, Terry, is some of the people on there were saying, yeah, but we're going to have a big crash. The whole economy, the debt ceiling, the sky is falling, and we're going to wait it out. We're going to see prices of homes come down 10 20 30% like we did before. I don't know. I don't think so, but too much buyer demand. And that was the thing I, was, I I haven't gotten to those yet to say, look, the dynamics are completely different than way before. And the number one thing is this. Buyer demand ain't going nowhere because it's population going up and the building of homes is not keeping up. What are we, 1.8 million new homes behind the eight ball still?
0: Yeah, we build, I think, point. Or we build less than a million. Yeah. And we need about 1.2 million for demand.
1: That's what I mean. So we are like 1.8 million homes that if they all got built today, today, Terry, that only replenishes the population that says we need housing. Mm Mm-hmm. People need to think about this. All right. So I went over a lot of numbers. Good stuff for you to think about. And um, let's get into mortgage stuff. What's going on in the crazy world of the markets and rinse rates and the mortgages and all that?
0: So, so the, big, the big thing this week was I talked last week about um, rates going up. And we talked and I said, you know, I would if I was buying today, I would just not look at rates and reevaluate around the middle of June because we're going to see some. Some stability coming. Yeah, okay. It's coming. And what did I say needed to happen? Basically, they needed to raise the debt ceiling. So, miraculously, they mm-hmm. all were able to raise the debt ceiling, which to me is kind of, well, let's put it this way. They raised the limit that they allow themselves to get into debt. Okay. So, it's kind of like you sitting around saying, hey, should we raise our debt? The amount that we can be, you know, in the hole, sure, let's do that. But a lot of fanfare goes with it and a lot of, you know, arguments and everything. So so that basically happened, um, you know, it it basically is happening, and it's going to settle things down. The second thing is is that um, on Friday, jobs came out. Mm -hmm. There were more jobs created than anticipated, but... The unemployment went up from 3.4% to 3.7% so we saw a huge rally on Friday in the in the stock market good good news right yeah the jobs were were key so what that signaled was that there's still job creation but the unemployment rate did go up more people were getting in back into the market getting back into the job market so rates I think are gonna settle down Um, All week long, they were coming back down from the two-month highs that we were experiencing the week before. So they are settling down. I think what's going to happen is we're going to see a continuation of them settling down. And basically, that's what we're taking a look at with with the rates, okay, is we'll see some sort of stability here. Once again, if I was in the market and if I was buying, I probably would float. For the next week to ten days, and just kind of see where the see where it comes out.
1: All right, that's good. What else is happening?
0: So I want to follow up a little bit and just uh, just talk a couple minutes about the debt ceiling, okay? And what we're taking a look at. And the one thing that I've always said is there's not much focus on our national debt. And we do have the largest national debt of any other country in the world. But one thing that I mentioned last week is I'd follow up this week and just talk a little bit about the debt-to-GDP ratio, okay? And I'm going to try to explain this really fast. I know we got some other things to talk about. But the debt-to-GDP ratio, it's an economics um, – uh, its a it's a metric that they use. And what that does is it compares the – country's debt to its gross domestic product okay now we all know that the gross domestic product the gdp represents the value of all the goods and services produced by that country so it makes sense that if you are the largest company in a country and have the largest gdp like the united states that we're going to have the largest debt correct yeah so the key that they look at is this ratio is so very important when evaluating the strength and, and the of a country. So you don't want that ratio, you want that ratio to be zero. Okay. Is anybody out there with zero? No. But let's let's hit a few numbers and then we'll move on. But the debt ceiling that we have now thirty one point four trillion. Now they just raised it, I don't know what they raised it to, maybe thirty six or thirty eight. But that is basically let's talk about the 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 countries that are in the worst position that's where their debt is much higher than their gdp
1: which means they're like really hurting bad it's going to affect everything worse 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 yes okay good
0: so venezuela 350% of their their, that, their ratio is at 350%. By far the worst. Wow.
1: And this, this deals with inflation, too, if I remember. Venezuela. Weren't they the ones that had the wheelbarrows with all the money to buy stuff with and it went crazy overnight? Yeah. All
0: right.
1: So Keep going.
0: Japan, 266. Sudan, Whoa. 259. Greece comes in at 206. Whoa. Okay. Lebanon, 172. Cabo Verde, 157. Italy, 156. So we're going to go all the way down to number 12. So we come in at number 12, and number 12, we're at 128%. So that's still an extremely high number that we have to work on, in my opinion, to get it down, get that ratio down. That determines our ability to repay our debt. Anything over 50%, you're starting to say, whoa, that's that's not great. But let's talk about some of the lower countries, okay?
1: Yeah, who are in the best financial positions out there?
0: 18 18- Point or Brunei, three point two percent. They balance their budget. Afghanistan. Okay. Oh wow. With all the wars and everything that they've been through, and they're constantly at battle and they're constantly defending themselves, seven point eight percent. Pretty amazing. That is like that's a shocker. Okay. Kuwait, I ain't moving there though. <laughs> Kuwait. Ooh. Kuwait eleven point five percent. Wow. So so as you can see. Like a lot of these countries, Palestine, 16.4. Here's one that 17.8% is Russia, which means that they're in really, really, really good shape, okay? So you, you'd you be surprised with everything going on. Yeah, that, that they're, they're blowing money
1: such. on a crazy war like No Tomorrow, right?
0: Yeah, but a lot of these numbers are, mm-hmm. are from countries that produce a lot more oil yeah. and export a lot more oil than they consume or import. Okay, okay? that's it. Yep. As they make a profit. About, they make a big they profit. Make a big out profit. Of it. So so that's kind of just uh, sums up a little bit about the GDP. It's just a follow-up to the uh, to what we talked about last week with the debt ceiling. It is not all doom and gloom that we're going to be up at 38 trillion here shortly, but my opinion we have to stop somewhere. So, that's it.
1: All right, maybe we should call some of those officials and those financial people in some of these countries like Afghanistan to say, hey, can you help us figure out how to get us from, what, 128 down to, I don't know, just 100%. What's that take? No, we got, we, we're going to figure this out, I'm sure. You no know doubt about it. All right, life on the streets, Terry. Here we go. Um, oh, just had an appraisal issue. A listed house for sale, Terry. We had in the market for, like, three days, four days. Got, like, eight or ten showings. Which isn't bad at all, and bingo got an offer. Guess what that offer was? Without any other multiple offers, they went ten thousand higher, no inspections. I was able to negotiate, twist their arms, and get them to do what the sellers were wanting. Okay, we went ten. They went ten thousand higher. Everybody's good. Everybody's happy with it until the appraisal. So, what percentage of appraisals do you think are happening right now in our market? We're at
0: that we're seeing them come in low.
1: Yeah. See a little pushback.
0: We, we, yeah, we're starting to see a little bit of pushback. It's mm-hmm. not tremendous. I think it's less than probably 20%.
1: Yeah, a little bit. 19. Um, you are way I, too man, good at this I am game. really good. It was at 17. We're I at 19%. I did not see that answer either. I know you didn't. 19. So one out of five homes. Not crazy bad, but it's... And
0: that's about what know, we're seeing.
1: It's... prayerfully we'll not get it higher. But the whole thing was this. Here's the deal. It was $6,000 difference.
0: But what's the sales price?
1: We were at two. It was only 1.7% difference in sale price. Okay. Wait a second. That's not... My, really, is that worth fighting over? Are you serious? And of course, you have to understand, Terry, as you know, we as agents cannot call up the appraiser and yell and scream and rant and say, have you lost your mind? 1.7. If the market's going up still, that's going to be absorbed in three seconds. By the time you finish it, it's going to be fine. Or what? So here's the deal we were able to go back and with the and as you know with the loans they the buy, buyer can only get so much financing towards that purchase price they were already getting no closing help and they were already putting down a conventional loan in amount or i'm sorry it was an fha in fact and so we split the difference we came to an agreement where the buyer was like no we're not coming up with an extra six thousand dollars of settlement but i went back to the agent and i said well But my seller doesn't want to come down at all. They're like, hey, we'll put this back on the market. And they were willing to come up with three. So the seller came down $3,000 in price. Buyer's going to bring $3,000 extra to settlement because they'll have it by then. And guess what? Everybody's happy. So this buyer did not want to lose this house because, obviously, the market inventory, it was perfect shape, really good and it's in a great area and the whole nine yards. So makes sense. So that's what I was able to do negotiating to be able to help the um, seller and all that. So, But we are still seeing more of this. I've talked to other colleagues, and there's no doubt about it. We're starting to see, I uh, heard one where the buyers, they, the seller was like, hey, buyer walked away. They put it back into the market, and guess what happened? The house is still for sale, and now the, the seller is going, huh. Maybe I should have negotiated some with that buyer. Well, yeah. So this, I know everybody says, well, it sounds like it's a full-blown seller's market so they can get whatever they want. Mm. Not always. My guys were smart enough to realize this buyer is coming in with no inspection. That's going to be worth a repair bill of some sort or whatever, maybe, and no closing costs absolutely. Let's play fair. Let's do this and get this done. Plus, not to mention carrying costs. They would have had to have their home on the market. You may not settle for one more month. Well, what's your mortgage payment a month? Why would you fight over? Like, no. So we looked at everything and it made good sense and everybody's going to walk away happy. But the thing is, Terry, not everybody does walk away happy when it comes time to some of this kind of stuff like that. So here's the big question people want to know about, though. Well, the seller said, can we get a second appraisal? So let's talk about FHA flip rules, the 90-day rule, 120-day, 180-day. Mm-hmm. No matter what, what happens? They have to get a second appraisal done.
0: So was this a flip?
1: It was a flip. Okay. So this is the dynamics about it. So I I didn't know I knew the 90-day rule. So the lender was cool. The lender for the buyer said "Ah, it has to be done. Normally, the who pays for it? The seller pays for it, right? Yes. Well, nope. we don't want to do that. So the lender said, no problem. I'll deal with it. We'll get this second appraisal done. Now, when that comes back, the thing I learned was the 5%. So if that appraisal comes back 5% or more less, now that first appraisal, what happens to that? Can that be used?
0: So I've got to brush up on the rules on that. But I think that they'd look at the second appraisal if it comes in 5% less. They do.
1: And now that takes precedence over the first. So that becomes a little iffy. So we have enough data. We don't think that's going to happen. But it was one of those conversations I had to have and say, hey, look, I'm tight. We listed this house at 275. Appraisal came in at 279. (laughs) So the buyer's lender even called me and said, holy cow, you really know your numbers. Like, that's crazy that you are within a percent or whatever off. So anyways, those rules, that's something that I think a lot of people, if it's not a flip property, if it's this, if it's an FHA loan, if it's VA, if it's USDA, if it's conventional, there is so much involved. Sorry, This is why what you do, lenders— Is so important for us to know, but for the public to know, because this buyer had to go back to their lender, of course, and learn, here's how this all works. And I had to educate my seller on, here are the rules of the game. Let's get this all done. So that was the first big thing that happened. The second one, we got one minute left, Terry. Did a home inspection. Oh, there's a lot of stuff involved. Cheapest home on the market out there in the area for what it is over. It was like three and a half acres of land. 17, 1,800 square feet home, the holding yards, in a good area. I did go out to Western Maryland help these guys, but we got out of it. And there was just too much to deal with and to do. And so we'll talk about how to deal with our next programs. How do you deal with it? Everybody always wants to know, Terry, oh, am I going to get my deposit back? Like, what about this? What about that? And so that was uh, this was a tough one, though. There was a lot involved. It was a spring-fed water system I think I talked about before. Okay. and. All kinds of very difficult things to work through, and um, we're going to find them another house. And at the end of the day, I told them, you're going to be paying a lot more if that's okay. Here we go. So, all right, folks, we're going to have a great weekend out there. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. We are always here for you, and our information's coming up. We'll be able to help you out. Take care. Happy selling and buying on your Frederick Real Estate Update.